weekend, everyone. This is the Lazy Bums Podcast, episode 28. Uh, I'm your host, Caleb Kalinda, and the co-host today is, same as always, Avina Chalice. Happy to be here, as always. And uh, this week, some interesting things have happened. The playoffs have started. We're getting interested. We're getting into playoff basketball now. Very, very exciting. And also, the, uh, the NBA draft lottery just went down so we're gonna see who gets this fresh batch of really talented prospects yeah the draft lottery is always a really special night for really bad teams and it's pretty funny honestly to see the knicks once again fail to get a good pick um but yeah that's kind of what i expected the timberwolves and the warriors have tanked to very good success absolutely now looking at the timberwolves they have the first pick in the draft after recently acquiring d'angelo russell to pair with carl anthony towns and they look like a scary team now honestly yeah they just need to shore up that kind of you know the forward positions and they're i mean they're pretty much set for a decent run also how funny was d'angelo russell on the draft lottery video <laughs> he was just yeah. he was just watching it with a straight face the whole time <laughs> this is so funny yeah he he showed his excitement though I'm yeah sure i'm sure i'm sure he was glad prospect in there i'm sure he was glad to get that number one pick over steph curry and the warriors yeah certainly uh so i mean a, a lot of uh, talk about who's going to go number one in this draft class uh, Lamelo ball is kind of in the the name that's been thrown around for you know the last year but i i don't see the timberwolves going with Lamelo, especially since they just got d'angelo yeah i'm on nbadraft.net and they have anthony edwards going number one overall as many uh mock drafts do people seem to be really high on the shooting guard from georgia and you can see why if you've seen him play. I mean, he's got a, oh, yeah. he he's an incredible player and shows a lot of potential. Um, and they have surprisingly Lamelo Ball going number two to Golden State, which I think is probably not going to happen just because you know you have a a guy named Steph, Steph Curry. Curry. I don't I don't know right. if NBA fans still remember him, but he does still exist. <laughs> yeah, I mean a healthy Steph, uh, a healthy Clay. And that team is right back up there with the best in the Western Conference. And now they're going to bring in, you know, someone incredibly talented and, and young. You know, something crazy that I just thought of, what if they groom LaMelo Ball? He's 6'8", so what if they groom him to play, like, maybe the three, and then they put Draymond, and uh, I, I guess, like, they could run this crazy small ball lineup like they used to back in the old, like, pre kevin durant golden state and i think that that would be really interesting to see oh they could i mean they could stick him at the three they could maybe put him at the two and put clay uh, at the three clay has some experience playing small forward so you know he wouldn't be a stranger and uh but i think lamella is really a true point guard in my eyes he's like a very very just i can't see him playing anywhere else on the floor but point guard i think you're correct about that he just has all the attributes of a true point card i think and i am really excited to see Lamelo ball play in the nba he's had so much hype surrounding him since really he was in eighth grade playing up on right. varsity with his brothers for chino hills and now he's finally getting ready to lace up some nba shoes and play and 
it's just I'm really excited to see how he turns out because we've he's really been followed his whole basketball career and now he's on the bright big stage. Right, yeah. And so the draft order for the top 14, which are kind of the biggest picks in uh, in the draft uh, traditionally, number one, you have the Timberwolves. Number two, the Warriors. Number three is the Charlotte Hornets, who have obviously not been performing uh, very well in the regular season and uh, for a while. And uh, now they, they'll have a pick, which is nice. Yeah, Kemba leaving was really the last nail in the coffin, I think, <laughs> there. Um, but they're projected here to take James Wiseman, who also I've known is going to be a, probably a top three pick um, yeah, since he was huge. in high school. He's had a ton of hype as well, and he's a great player playing at Memphis for one season. Yeah, yeah, he has massive potential. Uh, very, very athletic player. Uh, gets a lot of rebounds and scores. I mean, you don't really see that much from uh, a center that is more of like a facilitator, a rebounder, but he does get a, a lot of points. He averaged 19.7 uh, in his season with Memphis, which is pretty good for a big man. Yeah, 7-1 is definitely a towering figure, and to be that gifted in scoring is something that's going to be very, very versatile to an NBA team as we've seen that style of basketball become more and more prominent. Uh, at number four, we have the Chicago Bulls, who... I think their fans have known they've been in a rebuild for a long time. They've had a few really good prospects come through there, but uh, haven't really found a solid, steady team uh, to work with. And uh, with the number four pick, they could pick someone who looks to be the future. they got a, a lot of young guys in Chicago. Laurie Markkinen and uh, Zach Abin are pretty young guys, and they could shore that up and make a, make a pretty convincing big three. Yeah, in my opinion, Zach Levine and Laurie Markkinen are definitely two young guys that I would bet on to succeed in the NBA. Um, they've really impressed me in their few seasons in the league, especially Zach Levine. He's incredible. I mean, like, he he reminds me of, I, like, I don't even know. He's just so agile, and he looks so smooth when he plays basketball. It's just so fun to watch. At, at number five, we have the Cleveland Cavaliers. Number six, the Atlanta Hawks, looking to add another young guy to their roster. Number seven, the Detroit Pistons. Uh, number eight, uh, to Knicks fans' chagrins, it, it is the New York Knicks. They have the eight pick, which is a lot lower than I think they were hoping for this year. For sure, and here they're projected to take some small forward named Danny Avidija? Avdia? Avdia? I don't know. I don't. He's from Israel. Um, I I've never seen him play, uh. So I can't really say much on that. But. Well, I mean, if he's if he's projected to go eight, he must be pretty good. But uh, yeah, I've never heard of him. Yeah, I just can't imagine Knicks fans on draft night seeing them draft. I mean, look, we saw what happened to Porzingis. Like when they saw some right. random dude from Latvia, they all started crying, didn't they? Yeah, but uh, he turned out to be uh pretty much a superstar. And he so left we'll the see Knicks. How yeah, we'll see how Denny of DJ. I hope I'm pronouncing that right. Yeah. I doubt I am. But Sorry, uh, we'll Danny. See how he does. Yeah. At number nine, we have the Washington Wizards. Uh, not really excited about anything they have to do. Uh, that's just my opinion. At number ten, we have the Phoenix Suns. Which I mean, I think that's going to be huge if they can manage to steal a really good prospect and add to their already young, talented roster. 
Yeah, um, Phoenix is definitely a team that we... I think both you and I really wanted to see them play in the play-in game. Um, but, yeah. you know, because of circumstances, that wasn't to be. But now they have even more opportunity to build on top of that momentum headed into next season with a top 10 pick. Yeah, big for them. At number 11, we have the San Antonio Spurs. And I can say that, I'm, I mean, an, 11, an 11th overall pick is, isn't bad. We can get a very good prospect and... Uh, hopefully rebuild our team a little better but i'm a little disappointed we had an 86 percent chance to get the 11 pick really wanted to see us get a higher pick but it didn't happen and uh i mean i'm, I'm okay with 11 but would have liked to seen him get somewhere around seven or eight uh but at, at number 12 we have the sacramento kings which is a pretty rough uh location for them i think they'd really rather be higher up and get a better prospect yeah, uh, they they definitely 13, need more pieces. Yeah, certainly. I mean, they have a lot of young guys, and it does look promising in Sacramento at the moment. But they they should they should be looking for higher draft picks or or more draft picks for that matter. Uh, at number thirteen, we have the Pelicans. Uh, obviously, they had a huge draft last year. Uh, looking to have, I guess, another huge draft. The number thirteen pick isn't bad. Uh, obviously, some notable people picked at thirteen are carl malone and kobe bryant yeah uh, no which is, they're not you know, gonna get anyone like zion though i don't think but they might get someone to help zion out maybe a little more than jackson hayes is helping him out at the moment you know hey don't sleep on jackson hayes the <laughs> longhorn at number 14 rounding out those uh top 14 is the boston celtics who have three draft picks in the first round this year yeah this 14th pick was i believe acquired from memphis um so you know just more more success of the rebuild is evident now um you know the celtics had one of the best rebuilds i think in the modern era to be honest after the big three thing ended with paul pierce kg and those guys they had a couple years where they were just really mediocre but quickly they've they turned that around with isaiah thomas and then brought in guys like Kyrie and you know yada 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 and now we see them contending again. And it was really a rebuild done correctly in my eyes. Yeah, I think the 14 pick, uh, they also have the 26th pick and the 30th pick. But the 14th overall pick in the draft uh, for a team that is competing in the playoffs this year, I mean, it's Celtics fans must be pretty happy about that. Yes, we are. Thank you very much. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and looking more at the prospects, uh, I was wondering if there was anyone that you kind of had your eye on for maybe that 14th pick from the Celtics. Um, well, I know that he's not going to drop as far, but a player that I really, really want, I wish he would go to the Celtics is Obi Toppin from Dayton. And right. in, you know, I know we didn't have March Madness this year, but in those few uh, college basketball games, I did get to see him play. I mean, he was electric. His his scoring is crazy. I mean, he can just slice and cut defenses inside and shoot three from outside. He spreads the floor super well. And I think that it would be a very versatile piece for, for the Celtics because he's a power forward. Um, yeah. But obviously, he's projected to go sixth in, on the big board, so I don't think he'll fall that far. But he is going to be someone... Probably not. He is going to be someone that I think is going to go... 
you know, maybe not a lot of people will talk about him on draft night, but I think he's going to be a really good rookie and have a really great career. Yeah, I think so too. But someone I'm seeing that uh, may drop as low as 15th, and I'm reading that from CBS Sports, their uh, mock draft, is Cole Anthony, uh, someone who was projected at the start of his career to maybe be a top top three, top five pick, but uh, sat out for most of the year at North Carolina and apparently has dropped pretty low. What would you think about the Celtics picking him up maybe as a steal at pick 14? I mean, Cole Anthony would be incredible, I think. I, I know that you would agree with me on that, but, yeah. you know, he is a point guard. Um, we have to remember that, and we do, you know, right. kind of have that position locked up, but to see him, well, to see, Kemba, I know, to see Cole like Anthony Cole. off the bench would be so awesome. I mean, the Celtics would become yeah. must-watch television, I think, at that point. I mean, Kimba's what? He's in his 30s. Yeah. Right? I think he's and, just uh, reaching his 30s, though. Right. Yeah, maybe 30 or 31. But, um, yeah, Cole Anthony would be a huge young guard. Obviously, if Carson Edwards, who is also a very good young guard. But if you can pick up Cole Anthony at the 14th pick, I see no reason not to go for it. Oh, for sure. And even if they don't play him, I mean, you could look to trade him for better assets or whatever. He would just be a really good um, guy to be able to pick up at pick 14. Do you know anything about Josh Green from Arizona? No, I don't. I don't either, but he's projected to go 14th on this CBS Sports mock draft I'm looking at. Uh, And he averaged 12 points, 4 rebounds, and 2 assists. He's a shooting guard? Arizona. Uh, let me see. I think he's a freshman shooting guard from Arizona is what I'm seeing. Um, but I, I think that big man should really be the concern of the Celtics in the draft. Yeah. I, I, yeah, I don't know if that's really the strength of this draft, though, at the moment, especially not as low as 14. Yeah, it seems very guard-dominated. Um, as we've seen drafts become, I think, uh, you know, back in the day – the first few picks were almost always big men, and now we're seeing guards getting picked, you know? Someone who's really caught my eye is uh, Aaron Naismith out of Vanderbilt, uh, averaging 23 points and uh, 4.9 rebounds, so basically five rebounds. Uh, He's someone that I could really see fitting in with the Spurs just because, you know, DeMar DeRozan's future is kind of murky at the moment with San Antonio. He could go. uh, He's getting older. And uh, bringing in a young, small forward, I think, would be really huge for the team, especially since we have a couple young guys at guards in DeJounte Murray, uh, Lonnie Walker at the two, Derek White at the two, Bryn Forbes. I mean, a a lot of really good guards, so I don't think we're going to be looking for a guard in the draft. Aaron Naismith, uh, Isaac Okoro out of Auburn, uh, a, a couple really good small forward options for the Spurs. I'd be really excited to see any of the, any of those guys in in uh, the black and silver. So a couple of other notable guys who seem to have fallen to the second round are guys like Cassius Stanley um, from Duke, Trey Jones also from Duke, and one of my favorite favorite players. Um, you know, I, I loved watching him play at Michigan, and that's Cassius Michigan State. Sorry, and that's Cassius Winston. Yeah, I, I loved watching him play uh, in March Madness. He really tore up the court. Uh, the headband, it was really just, he had his own kind of impact on the court, and it was really fun to watch. Look, he brought me back to Mello, young Mello with the headband. 
uh, a much smaller <laughs> Yeah, well, he's a but point a very guard. good player. And I think it's crazy to see him drop so far in the draft. I mean, I, I see him going 37 on CBS Sports. Yeah, um, I think that's something that you kind of see with older guys, though. I believe he's a senior now. Um, yeah leaving Michigan State, and a lot of teams seem to be um, really keying in on, like, mostly freshmen. I mean, if you look at most boards, the first few guys going are either international players or freshmen out of college. Yeah, they. I mean, teams are really looking for young guys to come in and fill spots in the long term, but I think an experienced player, especially one that's played, you know, with Izzo at Michigan State, I, I think that that would be a great asset for any team. Yeah, Izzo is one of those guys that definitely prepares you for the NBA, and we see a lot of Michigan State players succeed because of that. They're a historic um, college basketball school, and Cassius Winston is just another one of those products. Yeah, Trey Jones uh, is... He's a sophomore, but it, it does kind of seem... He he stayed behind when Zion and RJ and all those guys... His left. whole team, team kind of left and went into the NBA, and he was the one that was kind of took it on his shoulders to take Duke you know, up a level in the regular season. Yeah, he was really poised to be the leader of that Duke team. I remember watching that North Carolina game in, you know, the season that we got uh, where he hit that, he uh, missed the free throw on purpose and hit the game. He, he tied the game and uh, took it into overtime and beat him. It yeah. was one of the most exciting moments in, in basketball this year, I think. And the Jones family have been some of the, like, most awesome players to play for Duke. I mean, right. Trey Jones... And his brother, like, they were both great players. His brother obviously winning a national championship, which is a little different, Tyus. Um, (laughs) But still, I mean, they were both great players and both came through Duke. But Tyus isn't doing too well, so hopefully his brother Trey can do a little bit better. I could see Trey, I think I could see Trey having a lot of success in the NBA. He averaged 6.4 assists, which is huge, uh, especially for a college player. Uh, I think that I think that he's a really good facilitating guard, and 16.2 points is also nothing uh, to turn your head away at. And I think he's a really well-rounded player. He could have some really good success, maybe a little delayed success in the NBA. Yeah, he was pretty good on defense, too. Definitely not a liability in college, so hopefully that carries over to the NBA as well. All right, with that being said, uh, we're going to take a quick break to talk about our sponsor, and uh, we'll come back with some playoff chat, and then we'll end it. So uh, here's our word from our sponsor. Thank you again to Anchor, and with that being said, let's get into the real meat of this episode, which is the NBA playoffs. Yeah, we've seen a lot of really fun games, uh, a lot of close games, uh, a lot of nail biters, and a lot of surprises uh, in the in the first few games of the first round. Yeah, speaking of which, the um, Orlando Magic managed to sneak game one away from the Milwaukee Bucks. Yeah, that was completely out of my purview I, I did not see that coming the magic really dominated the bucks in, in game one and i mean they lost game two <laughs> and i don't think they'll win the series but winning game one is pretty big yeah it kind of like a statement um we saw them uh, do you remember dj augustine hit that game winner like i, I don't know if it was last, last playoffs yeah who was that against yeah, was against that against the, the, I think it was raptors? Against the raptors man so maybe the bucks are about to win it all <laughs> 
Maybe, maybe if it's taught us anything, maybe it'll fire up Giannis and he'll take his team all the way to the play, all the way to the uh, championship. Yeah, um, but in the in the series, Nikola Vucevic has obviously been playing super well. He's been like the key guy for Orlando for a number of years now, and he's been really consistent. But he's just someone that no, literally no one talks about because he plays for the Magic. Right. Uh, I mean, the Magic have been shooting the ball really well, fifty uh, percent from the field and around 30% from the three-point line, but they're not really known as a three-point shooting team. Uh, that being said, they have put up around 109 points a game, which is pretty solid. Uh, and they, I mean, they took game one. We could see if they take another game. I don't think they will, but they have already surprised me. Yeah, I don't think they will either, but good, good on the magic. The next series is really not much of a surprise. The Raptors leading the Brooklyn Nets 2-0 after the first two games. second game was a little close, but the Raptors, I really think they're coming into the playoffs very hungry. They, wanna, they want a look for a repeat. Yeah, the Raptors are still playing like NBA champions, to be honest. Uh, they, they've shown no, no signs of slowing down. After the bubble and with the with the playoffs starting, and they're a scary team to play in the playoffs. I would not want to run into them. Yeah, they're putting up 119 points a game so far, which is the third most in the playoffs currently. Uh, a really talented squad. Uh, every piece is working very very well. Siakam's done well. Lowry has really put his stamp on the playoffs. Uh, I'm excited to see what the Raptors have to do in these playoffs. It, it, they've excited me so far over the last two games. Um, the other matchup in the Eastern Conference is my team, the Boston Celtics, who are at 2-0 on the Philadelphia 76ers. Not really surprising for either one of us. We both expected the Celtics to have a chance for a sweep, especially if all their players were on and all their players are on. I mean, it's really i mean jason tatum is going absolutely insane he's he he might be my pick for the mvp so far uh of the playoffs yeah he's averaging 32 and a half points a game and surprisingly one and a half blocks a game um yeah. what <laughs> <laughs> i mean he's just going after it i i respect it yeah 58 percent from three um 53 percent from the field and nine rebounds to add on to that i mean he's been a stud and really really coming into the potential that we saw from him last season i think well two seasons something ago that i guess I do, so, yeah something that i do want to add about the celtics is that they're currently averaging uh they're tied for the least amount of turnovers in the playoffs so far they have seven turnovers a game uh, which is incredibly efficient. I mean, seven tur- averaging seven turnovers for the entire team, uh, that really shows you how focused this team has become since the playoffs have started. And they definitely are a group of young guys. However, they play as a very mature team. You know, a lot of younger teams, we see a lot of turnovers and not great defense being played and usually they make up for that by doing crazy things on offense but the Celtics play like a very mature team you know they really focus in on defense and rebounding and things of that nature and let everything else kind of sort itself out and it's really seemed to work for them in the playoffs so far yeah I'm really excited to see what they do this year in the postseason 
Uh, the last series in the East is honestly kind of a surprising one for me. I expected this one to uh, be pretty close, but the Miami Heat really come in and shown what they're about going up two games to nothing on the Indiana Pacers. Yeah, I wasn't too surprised about this. I thought the Heat were going to win pretty easily. Um, but, I'm, I mean, go Pacers? <laughs> I'm not necessarily rooting for the Pacers, but I was. I just wanted this series to be a tight one, and it looks like it's not going to be. Yeah, but I think... I'm happy for the Heat. The Heat are definitely a sleeper team for me. They could do uh, impressive things in the playoffs, to say the least true dark horse um but i think we just saw the legend of tj warren uh crash and burn <laughs> yeah die out in in the playoffs uh once once the refs swallow their whistles it's kind of over for tj sorry <laughs> um on the western conference the los angeles lakers are currently tied with the portland trailblazers who snuck a win in game and one it honestly that game one performance was probably one of the most exciting games of basketball I've ever watched in my life. Yeah, I mean, it, it was, was it was incredible, back-and-forth game. Yeah, Damian Lillard, my hat's off to you. Because that was absolutely unbelievable. That performance, that fourth-quarter performance from Damian Lillard was... I don't understand how anyone could hate on Damian Lillard after a performance like that. I mean, I saw Skip Bayless talking a lot of mess about uh, Dame's performance in the playoffs and his uh, con- contribution to his team. But, man, when it comes down to crunch time, there's no one you want with the ball in their hands other than Damian Lillard. Yeah, he dropped 34 that game, and he was just on fire. I mean, he, he literally is playing unconscious right now. Like, he just throws things up, and they drop. And it, it it's so fun to watch, and he's really just... He's put everyone else in the NBA on notice, I think. Like, you really need to respect Damian Lillard now. Absolutely. Uh, and, I mean, that goes for the entire Portland team. Nurkic has played incredibly well. CJ, I mean, he's really showing out. Uh, I, I could see this series really going the distance, but the Lakers took game two, and they're obviously a very dangerous team. And LeBron James is not out to lose this one something that seemed to be really key in the blazers game one win was the performance of hassan whiteside he was very good on defense i mean he was swatting shots into the bleachers (laughs) yeah he was absolutely massive for them on defense and uh with the pick and roll offense uh dame getting those picks and getting able to being able to get an open look at a long three I, i think that's huge for that team especially when they need him to hit those big shots um, the other series in the West is the Clippers and the Mavericks, who are also tied one to one. Yeah, the Mavericks obviously a bit of a drama-filled game one. They lost Porzingis uh, to two technical fouls on a terrible, terrible second technical. Yes, I, I, well, I mean, you know, the refs have traditionally favored the teams uh, that they want to see go forward, and uh, that's all I'll say about that. Yeah, but with that being said, the Mavericks bounced back in Game 2 and were able to take the W 127-114. to Yeah, I think that whole team works really well. They're very, very fun to watch. Uh, Luka is another uh, person that I have in my mind for the playoff MVP so far. Uh, I think I saw a stat of him, like his first two playoff performances, he, he put up the most points of 
anyone in their in their debut playoff performances in NBA history. Yeah, Luca is one of those guys that's also playing unconscious right now, averaging thirty five, seven, and eight. I mean, just a beast. Yeah, it's crazy to think about the fact that this is his debut in the playoffs. Like he looks like a seasoned vet out there. Yeah, the one thing that I think I, I definitely saw plagued him in the first game was turnovers and he was able to definitely cut that down a little bit in the second game as they took the win and turnovers are definitely a very pivotal thing in basketball and if you're able to limit those with a guy like Luca, I mean the sky's the limit the Mavericks are currently averaging 15 turnovers which isn't necessarily on the worst side but I mean it's pretty they need to shape that up a little bit the third series in the West I think is maybe the most entertaining series so far in the playoffs Uh, the Denver Nuggets facing off against the Utah Jazz currently tied at 1-1. Yeah, um, this has been a really great series. The first game we saw Donovan Mitchell just turn Drop into the human torch. God, 57. That's ridiculous. But 57 points in a playoff L. Yeah, I mean, obviously must be a huge bummer for him. He must have been he must have had a really stern talk with his teammates, but Jesus, 57 six off the most of all time. I mean, that's an insane performance from Donovan Mitchell. And fortunately, his team was able to pick it up, and he was able to perform not quite at that level, but at a very high level, and they took game two. Yeah, never would have thought Donovan Mitchell would be the guy scoring 57 points in a playoff game, but it's a great surprise. I mean, he, he was great. He's been playing great this whole series, as long as also as Jokic has. Um, Jokic has really stepped up as he always does for the um, right. Nuggets. And Jamal Murray has also been there, um, you know, dropping buckets. And they, they look good, too, honestly. Well, I could, cur- see the, I could see this going either way. What about you? Well, I don't know. I mean, currently the Jazz and the Nuggets are the two best-performing teams in the playoffs so far. The Jazz averaging 124 points and the Nuggets averaging 120. And something huge on the Nuggets' stats is their three-point percentage. They're currently shooting, sit down for this, 50% from the three-point line. Wow. Which is absolutely insane for the first two games of the playoff series. The Jazz on the other side are shooting close to 40, 39-6 from the three, uh, but also they're shooting 59 uh, on their regular field, field goals. Yeah, so just... As you can see, it's both teams are playing really well, and I think that I think that this is going to be a really interesting series, and I wouldn't be surprised if it went seven games. Yeah, I I think a game seven would be definitely an entertaining game. I'd love to see the Jazz go through. I think over since watching these two games, uh, the Jazz have been more entertaining, uh, at least in my opinion. But I think the Nuggets have a better shot of potentially making a run if they win this series. Um, so yeah, I'm excited to see who comes out of this series. Yeah, in the long run, I think the Nuggets are going to take it, but we'll see. Um, a, a series, the final series, I thought was going to be a lot closer than it is right now, and that's the Thunder and the Rockets. Yeah, I'm very disappointed to see how this series has gone. I I really thought the Thunder were going to be something special, but I, apparently the Rockets are are have proven that they perform better without russell westbrook on the court oh my god i am so surprised (laughs) 
I mean, it's kind of crazy. Like, I, I think everyone kind of in the sporting world thought that the Thunder and the Rockets would be a good series, but uh, since the focus has been taken off the big two and it's just James Harden in that spot, I think a lot of the other uh, role players on the Rockets have been shining a lot more and they've been playing on a clinical level. I mean, they have been knocking down shots like nobody's business. They're they're ridiculous, man. I think the Rockets are really deadly and I'd like to see what happens when Russ comes back, you know? Well, the whole rest of the Rockets roster besides Russ is really built on Mori Ball, you know? They were all right. they all they've all played in the same system where they either take a three or make a layup. And Russell Westbrook just kind of got thrown in there into the mix, and he doesn't really fit the same system that the Rockets have been running for the last few years. So with him removed from the lineup, you can really see them start to play Houston Rockets basketball, I think. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that it's that I think that uh, over these first two games, I think it's kind of been a showcase uh, of what the Rockets are really capable of if they get everyone on the same page and uh, working as a system. Yeah, I mean, I they, I didn't think that they were going to be like a super good team come playoff time because of the rest injury, but they look scary, honestly. I think, you know, uh, they're probably going to take care of the Thunder over these next, maybe, I mean, maybe the Thunder will get a game, but I think they'll kind of breeze through them a little bit. And when it comes to the next round, you know, we'll see what they're made of and uh, we'll see if they're a real contender. Um, With that being said, guys, we're going to wrap this episode up. Thank you guys so much for tuning in, and we hope you guys tune in next week. Uh, You can listen to the podcast on Spotify, Apple, uh, Google Podcasts, uh, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts on. You can check out our anchor at anchor.fm slash lazybums. Check out our website uh, and follow us on Instagram and Facebook. And be sure to check out our Patreon for some exclusive content and um, some early predictions that you might not hear from us on the Main Air podcast. Thanks for listening so much, and uh, please follow us. See you next week.